With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, as always, Chase Krasha. How you doing, Chase? Uh, doing pretty good. F- feeling good. Uh, I don't know if you can say the same, but how are you? <laughs> well, other than the massive hangover, I think I'm alright. And, you know, this is back-to-back weeks where we talked about the consumption of alcohol the night before the pod. And, you know, it, it might be getting to be a little too much. I, I don't consider myself an alcoholic, but as a college kid... It kind of just seems like it always finds a way to happen on Saturday night specifically. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And I just got to say, you know, hockey players do talk about it. Talk about playing guilty where you just get absolutely hammered the night before you go out there and, you know, you know you shouldn't have, so you kind of play with a little extra pep in your step. Maybe we're going to get that out of the pod today. You know what? That's what I'm hoping for. I am honestly hoping for that. <laughs> uh, let's first start off with uh, a little bit of news, Chase. But unfortunately, we have to start off. On the uh, sadder side of things, as Adam Comrie unfortunately passed away on Friday in a motorcycle accident, uh, and y- you never like to see a member of the hockey community uh, pass away at such a young age. No, you do not. Very, very sad. And I was recently turned 30 years old. Don't know how many listeners will know his name. He was a former Florida draft pick, third-round pick. Played in the OHL, was recently playing in the EBEL, which is the Austrian League. Uh, it's just a sudden, you know, sudden passing, obviously, with... A motorcycle accident, just horrible, tragic news. Uh, you know, he was a former Saginaw Spirit player, a uh, team that I hold very close to my heart. So it, it just hits you a little more. And, you know, I, I know people that are personally affected by this. So, just, you know, it's good to keep Adam and his family in your thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Great way to say it, Chase. Let's now move on to a little bit more happier talk, a, a, a little more, I, I guess, fun to talk about because obviously you yeah. never like to talk about that stuff but uh the OHL and the WHL they have announced a plan to begin play and uh you know that's that's nice to see you like to see other hockey leagues starting up so both leagues announced that they start December 1 which uh obviously that's later than they normally start normally start mid to end of September uh but it's it's just good to see that they plan on playing it's going to be a little iffy with junior hockey you know you got teams in America and Canada with if it's like say they were to start right now, it wouldn't be doable because the borders are closed. So if the borders are open by then, then hopefully we won't have issues, but they might not be. So there might have to be some sort of hub city type thing. I know the American teams definitely do not want to do that. And they also mentioned a 64-game schedule, and it's a lot of playing your teams in your division and pretty much only playing in your conference. I don't know if there's any cross-conference play at all. I know at least in the OHL, the WHL, can't say for sure. So it's going to be a unique season. It's going to be a lot of hockey packed into a little bit of time. It's shaving like a month and a half off the season. 
But just good to see some hockey. And then of the league that we didn't mention in the CHL, the QMJHL, from anything that I've read or seen, there's still no tentative date. But I would be shocked if it's not December 1 as well. Yeah, for sure. And we're seeing a lot of that uh, kind of weird, non or uh, only in your specific division, no cross, cross-conference cross uh, play in a lot of different sports. Like we look at college football, everyone's playing within their own conference. You see the Big Ten playing. Only the Big Ten, the SEC, only the SEC. So uh, seeing something like that with the OHL and WHL, it makes sense. We're in a crazy time right now, and we really just want to see the game continue. So whatever that has to be, whatever we have to do to see that game continue, that's what they're going to do. So Hub City uh, not playing cross-divisional games uh, very likely, and it'll be fun, though, because we're going to get more hockey, and uh, it's going to be fun to see the younger players start to actually uh, skate around because – I mean, since March, we haven't seen the top prospects play anything. So Yeah, which sucks because I'm a big junior hockey guy. Obviously, I know you're a big prospects guy as well. So we really want to see them get back into action. It would be absolutely killer if, for whatever reason, they can't play a season. Not even just the CHL, you know, like NCAA, uh, all the other junior A leagues, uh, or USHL, the North American League, the BC already announced they're playing December 1st. So it... If these leagues don't play, that's crucial development for these kids age 15 to 20, 21 that are just not getting those development years anymore. Like That's the prime time where you shape yourself as a hockey player. And to lose a year of that development is horrible. It would make for horrible results out of the 2020 draft. It would make the 2021 draft an absolute nightmare. Could you imagine drafting with no season? So let's really hope and pray that we get a season. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the 2020 draft, uh, about a month ago when we came back from our little summer hiatus, uh, we talked about the draft lottery, how the first stage of that draft lottery occurred. Uh, The worst team in the league, the Red Wings, unfortunately dropped all the way down to four, and we saw that a play-in team would win the first overall selection. Well, now we know that Monday, August 10th, when you guys are hearing this, we will be having the second phase of the draft lottery. And I was talking about it last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, how worst case scenario, we could see Edmonton in there, we could see Pittsburgh, we could see Toronto, and it's very likely that all of those teams could have the possibility of getting that first overall selection. Man, the teams that are in contention for that first pick right now, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville, Florida, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and then the loser of Toronto and Columbus. Like That's just a horrible list. Honestly, the most deserving team in that group is probably Columbus in my opinion, and I honestly think they're going to win tonight against Toronto. Obviously, you'll be listening to this after the fact, so we'll know who won. I think Columbus is personally going to win that game, so it might be Toronto in there. And if Pittsburgh or Toronto or Edmonton – even Winnipeg, too. If one of those four teams get that first pick, I'm going to be absolutely livid. If Nashville gets it, I won't be happy. Everyone else, I guess I'll just be fine with. But it, it's such a bad situation. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of pulling for Columbus. Um, Minis- I don't. I really don't like Minnesota. I don't boring like, hockey. Like, it's boring hockey, and I don't think Lafreniere's true ability is going to shine. And can you picture him in that green and red? It's so disgusting. Yeah. I know... <laughs> I know the guys over at SodaPod, they're obviously hoping for it, but no, please no. Uh, maybe with with Kaprizov coming over, they can 
get something going if that is the case. But so, so that, that would be fun. And then they got a nice young Russian prospect, Alexander Kovanov, played in the queue last year, who I think is a legit number one potential center. So that could be a fun just like three to have as a line, but I, I still don't want it. Yeah, same. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be pulling for Columbus. Minnesota maybe. Um, and then, honestly, I know they're in-state rivals, but I think Florida could use a, a star. You know, they've got Barkov, they've got Huberdeau, and they got Ekblad. They can't really make that push. They're still our little brother. We still bully him around a lot. Uh, I think it'd be cool if we could have a little more competition and Florida get a little more recognition when it comes to um, – you know, being a contender for the for the cup, obviously not the case this year. But if no. they get Lafreniere, they definitely could improve that status. Yeah, I mean, they they would sure hope so. I I mean, you can only improve so much when you're paying a mediocre goalie a hundred trillion dollars a year. He was honest. terrible in the play-in. The signing was horrible. Like he was nothing but fine. In my opinion, he was fine in Columbus. He was so inconsistent. He sure he looked like he was great at times, but he looks horrible a lot. He is. The definition of inconsistent, he's not worth the money that he's paid. And they have, right now, the best goalie. I, once Astro was drafted, a little different. But right now, the best goalie in the NHL system is Spencer Knight. The guy could probably play in the NHL next year, guaranteed the year after. But you go and sign this dude for as much money as they did. It just it dumbfounds me. And, you know, they are making a change at GM. Forgot to put that in the news. Just, just thought about that. So they announced that change after the elimination. So... That's just kind of one of the, honestly, in my opinion, one of the big reasons why that signing was pretty much the tip of the iceberg. And they signed him for so long. They signed Bobrovsky for so long. And they so they draft Spencer Knight, and then a week later they turn around and sign Bobrovsky, who's 30 now, 31, yep. uh, for years to come. It's like if you're going to draft Spencer Knight so high – and you've got so much faith that he's going to be able to come in and step in soon within the next two years, why are you going to sign Bobrovsky to a huge deal and a, a long-term deal? It, it, it blows my mind. It just it, it just shows why Florida is Florida and Tampa is Tampa. Honestly, you know, great cap management, great roster management led to Lightning being one of the best teams in the NHL, while Florida has had average management, uh, horrible signings and here we are yeah for sure all right chase let's now talk about the seattle kraken as they hire everett fitzhugh making him the first black broadcaster in the nhl you know so that's a pretty cool little fact it's something i honestly didn't know before uh until i heard that news so i thought that was pretty cool coming from the cincinnati cyclones in the east coast hockey league uh the guy's talented he's if i'm not mistaken he's a michigan native i know he's uh worked for teams in the area and I know people that like do know do know him. Uh, it, it's it's a good hire. He's he's gonna be a, a great voice for Seattle, and really look forward to hearing what he can do with an NHL system. Really, yeah, absolutely. And I had no idea when I read that on the on the old Google Docs that we follow that he was gonna be the first black broadcaster. That blew my mind. I know. Like, it's, how is that the case? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's wild, but it's. It's a step in the right direction. For sure. You know, like is we want our sport to cover all boundaries, want it to be as diverse as possible, and this is just a great way to start heading in that direction. Absolutely. All right, Chase, let's now talk about some of the games that we were able to see. We're going to talk about Tampa last. Uh, however, we're going to go over some playing matchups, see what happened, uh, round-robin analysis, all that kind of good stuff. Um, let's, let's start with something surprising i guess for you what's what's one takeaway for you uh doesn't have to be specifically a team um 
or, or a certain series, just what's one takeaway that you um, are looking at for the overall playing rounds and round robin? So I tweeted this last night, and it's really true based on what I saw throughout games. Goaltending is 1,000 million trillion percent the reason teams win in the Stanley Cup this year because the teams that have had the success so far in this week little span has been strictly from goaltending. Like, look at Philly, for example, the team that we're like, we, we yeah. thought they were shooing for yeah, fourth. exactly. Three goals against. Carter Hart played tremendous. Sure, he got a lot of help defensively. You know, in the Tampa game, they had, I don't remember the exact number. I remember at one point it was 24 block shots. So if, if you're if you're blocking shots that well and your goalie's making all the right saves, not giving up any juicy rebounds, like you're it's it's literally impossible to lose. And we've really we really saw that through the first few games. These teams with the great goaltenders who were stepping up, they really just show that they're I don't want to say they're better, but they show that they deserve to win. Montreal is a great example. You know, Carey Price, he decided he was not losing that series, and that did not happen. They eliminated Pittsburgh, who was definitely the favorite of all the playing teams to move on and try to push for a cup. But Harry Price was just like, nah, we're good. I'm going to win this series instead. Yeah, and I think one takeaway that uh, I would give, and we were just talking about it before we came on air, is that only one series went to best of five. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely did not expect, after a long break, that – teams wouldn't use all five games uh and the only game five is between toronto and columbus and personally i think out of all of the playing matchups when you're looking just on paper that's probably the uh most or the, the furthest apart when it comes to roster talent so yeah, pr- I, yeah probably yeah, I, I, agree. I, I definitely didn't think that that would be the series that would go to five um but hey that's the case and it's it's really because of Torts. I love Tortorella. So oh, much. same. He's my favorite coach in the NHL. Honestly, he's uh, definitely gonna take Columbus and just smack Toronto tonight, and it's gonna be so fun. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, we we'll, we'll, we can talk about it a little more uh, once we get into our preview for the coming weeks. Yep. But I, I I do hope so. It would be funny if Toronto lost, got eliminated. It would just be more angry Leafs fans. But they'd probably win the lottery just to piss me off. But also, one thing I do want to mention, you know, how the whole five game series thing. And we only saw one sweep as well, and it was the one series I thought would not have any chance of being a sweep. You jokingly said it was going to be a sweep on the no, podcast. Jokingly, that was a pre- that was a no, perfect prediction. No, get the hell out of here! You jokingly said it was going to be a sweep, and sure enough, it was a sweep. I was shocked, honestly. I thought New York was putting up a little bit better of a fight. The team looked horrible in front of Henrik Lundqvist. Looked a little bit better in front of Shesterkin, but still just not enough to get it done. Yeah, I think Carolina was just too aggressive in that series. Yeah, they were flying around, and it. It was definitely a series that was very entertaining to watch. However, ending in only three games was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, there we go. We just talked about the first series that ended. Uh, let's start going over a couple other series. So, uh, Florida Islanders. Uh, I didn't really watch much of this series. It was <laughs> you didn't miss much. It was no. it was boring. I, yeah, I remember, especially if there was two games on, I was always watching the other game. Yeah, it, it definitely was a, a boring one. The Islanders move on. Uh, as they knock out the Panthers in four. Uh, the other Eastern Conference series that has ended is Montreal and Pittsburgh. You talked about it a little bit. Uh, Carey Price didn't want to uh, or wasn't going to give Pittsburgh the chance to take this series, and uh, they take it in four games. Then you put out a little tweet on uh, <laughs> on your Twitter saying, yeah. in all caps, on both – or. Uh, you were like, I said on both broadcast, I predicted that carry. And hey, 
Congratulations. You predicted what a lot of people predicted. What a, what a lot of people predicted? You said exactly what every single analyst said. Oh, Carey Price, top three goalie in the league. He can probably steal some games from Pittsburgh. Great job. Everyone I, said that. I read an article that had over 20 people predicting every playing series. Not a single person picked Montreal. And guess who did? I did. Oh, let me guess. It was an ESPN article. No, I think it was Yahoo or something. Oh, even worse. Yikes. <laughs> Great job. You predicted something that a lot of people no, could see happening. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, predicted that. You're, I, you're I mean, right. I predicted Chicago right. over Edmonton. But that's not that far-fetched. What do you mean? Like, they got McDavid and Dreisaitl, but we've seen through all the regular season and through the career so far that obviously that doesn't matter because they're so good and everyone else is just so bad on that team. How did... Like, they got to request trades at some point. Or once their contract's up, they're just not re-signing Edmonton because they're just wasting their time there. I hope they both request trades. Yeah. It would it would make me just love them so much more. I, I, you got to feel bad that you have the most talented player in the world. You have one of the most talented players in the world. Dreis Adam McDavid, that order. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, just a shame to really watch them just kind of piss away their careers almost. It's not, not their fault. They're playing tremendous and... You know they're getting the help that they can from their teammates, but you gotta blame it on the roster management, really. Mm-hmm. I I hope they just call out management and then request the trade because, I mean, especially when it comes to hockey, I love to see someone with an ego because hockey is so tame. It's so uh, you know pat my teammates on the back and everything like that. You don't really see any uh, egos, but gosh, I would love to see one. Uh, the guy from Goon. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, Xavier Laflamme? Yeah, Xavier Laflamme. Guy is just a freaking beast. And he's also just got the biggest attitude, and I absolutely love it. So I'd love to see something like that in the NHL. You know, that's fair. It creates for more interesting stories. Uh, I'm I'm not in the boat of wanting that because I'm more of a management and like player side of thing than a media side. Right. As much as I'm doing a podcast right now. Um, so I... I prefer not that personally but it would be entertaining yeah for sure uh all right let's talk about nashville arizona this one ended in four arizona taking this one so i i definitely didn't expect the 12 and 11 seed to win it but uh that is the case arizona uh wins in four and really i think it's on the back of darcy kemper the guy was a beast oh i mean it definitely is like nashville they looked solid their forward still just they leave you wanting a little more from them always have always will honestly uh I, I thought it was still going to be a series that Nashville won. I thought Rene was going to start and then just carry it. I thought they were going to go with the guy with the experience, but no, they chose to go Saros and did okay, could have done better, and should have done better. Uh, but really, like, in that overtime game, like the, the elimination game, Nashville put up 52 shots, and you're still not winning the game when Arizona only puts up 34. Like, that just shows that goaltending. Like, that, that backs up my example. Goaltending is really going to carry a team this year. Absolutely. And... I, I don't so I'd, I'm not like too surprised that Arizona won that series really at the end of the day, but I still am a little at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you there. Uh, next, Vancouver, Minnesota. Vancouver eliminates Minnesota in four. This is another series I wasn't really paying attention to because Minnesota, just like the Islanders, such a boring game for me. Uh, I don't pay attention much to those super defensive trap type games. Um, but yeah, Vancouver won. I'm very happy Vancouver won because I think Vancouver can be very exciting with the likes of Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and of course, Brock Besser. Yeah, Quinn Hughes looked pretty good in this series, so it was fun to watch. 
And, you know, we heard rumors recently about Brock Besser being traded. I think that'd be a horrible mistake. So hopefully that doesn't happen for Vancouver fans' sake. But really, Quinn Hughes, in my opinion, was, like, the guy that stood out to me the most from when I was watching. Like, obviously, he's probably the winner of the Rookie of the Year, in, in my eyes at least. He's going to be a top three to five defenseman in the NHL's whole career. He's got that much potential. And he, like, he's just really looking like he's ready to start dominating if he isn't already. Yeah, honestly. for sure. Uh, very excited to see him continue his career along the likes of uh, Rasmus Dahlin, of course, another guy who's looking like a, a top defenseman for a long time. And then, of course, Kale McCarr, a uh, phenomenal rookie season from him this year as well. Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. This one ends in four in Calgary's favor. Uh, we saw Shifley go down in the first game. A lot of talk from Paul Maurice about how there was a, a terrible, dirty hit that Kachuk definitely intended to do. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, it was very unfortunate to see Line A and Shifley go out in the first game, and uh, it was very troublesome for Winnipeg as, as they dropped us in four. Yeah, well, this is a series that I'm surprised on. I thought Winnipeg was just a flat-out better team. It, it definitely sucked that they didn't have those two guys that you mentioned, and no, that Kachuk hit, was that play was not dirty, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people agree. There's some people that disagree. Whatever you want, that's fine, but it was not dirty. It was not malicious. The NHL saw it the same way. Just Winnipeg, really, when it came down to it, they're losing two of their star forwards. The defense is just not good enough and Connor Hellbuck can only do so much I was hoping he was going to come in and be one of those guys that dominates and carries his team to win the series didn't happen not that he looked bad or anything it just it just didn't happen yeah for sure all right last but not least let's talk about Ron Robin before we get into our Tampa Bay Lightning we'll start with the West uh Vegas they sit at the top at three and oh Colorado coming in second at 2-0-1. St. Louis and Dallas play later on tonight to determine the third and fourth seed as they both sit 0-2. Any surprises there for you? Uh, I'm surprised that both Dallas and St. Louis are 0-2. I, I really thought it was going to be the other way around. If anything, teams are going to be 0-2. I thought the West was going to be the closer of the two round robins. Right. Um, I it just Not that Vegas is a bad team. I just thought they were kind of the easy pick, at least in my eyes, to be the fourth seed. But, you know, good for them. They're battling hard. They've been battling hard since they got into the league, just trying to prove everybody wrong. And really, like, I didn't I didn't watch as much of these Western Conference round-robin games as I wanted to. But from the little bits I saw, like nothing really stood out to me. Granted, I didn't watch like a lot of full games, so I could have just missed something. But none of these teams looked like they're just going to really dominate going on. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I like Colorado, and uh, I thought they were going to be at the top. They sit second, uh, so that's nice. But I would agree with you that I would have picked Vegas to be fourth for me. Yep. Uh, I, I definitely would have thought St. Louis would do a little better. Um, I'm not as high on Dallas as you are. We talked about it yeah, um, yeah, like, yeah. What our first or second ever episode of Bolts Broadcast, how I've been voting on or I've been uh, predicting Dallas to be a Stanley Cup contender for like four or five years, and they never did it. So this was the year I hopped off the bandwagon and the year you hopped on it. So, yes, sir. Um, yeah, 0-2 right now for St. Louis and Dallas. They'll determine who gets that number three spot uh, later on tonight next up we got the east philly sits at the top three oh and oh something we definitely didn't see happening i even said last week that i could see them going oh and three and then losing in the first round of playoffs yeah obviously not the case i even said that i could see uh carter hart folding under the pressure obviously it's his first time ever being in a playoff scenario in the nhl so uh yeah i don't know 
You know what really surprised me the most with this Philly team? Like, the goaltending, I thought it was, you know, very possible that Carter Hart could dominate defensively if they're a sound team. But none of their star players scored goals. Giroud didn't have any goals. Vortek didn't have any goals. Konecki, if I'm not mistaken, didn't have any goals either. Kevin Hayes didn't have any goals. It was all depth scoring. Scott Lawton had three freaking goals himself. Like, it was just all these role depth guys that were scoring. And when you're playing that way, those are the teams that go on to win Stanley Cups. Those are the unbeatable teams. You get the good goaltending, get the depth scoring. The stars are able to just, you know, do their thing. They can distract a little bit. So when all that is going on, like that Philly team, they looked pretty much unbeatable, which I was not expecting coming into this little playing series or round robin. I thought they were easily, you know, the worst team of between Tampa, Boston, and Washington. Yeah. But clearly not. Yeah, for real. It's kind of shocked me. Uh, our Tampa Bay Lightning, 2-1. and one. Uh, We sit second. We'll talk about them a little bit more here in a second. Uh, and then Washington, they sit third right now. Oh, one and one. Their shootout loss comes to, of course, our Tampa Bay Lightning. And then Boston, 0 oh and two right now. They're actually playing currently. The score is zero to zero uh, as we speak, and that will determine. That game will determine who gets the third seed and who gets the fourth seed. Uh, so we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning now. But before we do, let's take a quick little commercial break. Uh, let's hear about House of Hockey, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. And then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back from the commercial break, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you do want to check out House of Hockey brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, you can go to anywhere you get your podcast, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, or anything like that, and make sure... Google to... Play. No one has Androids. I'm holding one in my hand right now, so clearly at least someone does. <laughs> okay, guy. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check out House of Hockey, make sure to go do that. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It's time to talk about them. Our team. It is time to talk about them. 2-1. Our only loss comes to Philly last night in a 4-1 to defeat. That was... Uh, a tough one, but let's go in order. Let's first talk about the Washington game. Uh, one of one of the main things I saw with our Tampa Bay Lightning 
specifically in this Washington game, I uh, even wrote down in uh, my notes about it, is obviously we went, we went up 2 to nothing, But when Richard Ponick scored late into the second, it kind of seemed like the team just unraveled. Uh, and then uh, obviously Kuznetsov scored like two minutes after that. Um, and that's something that worries me still. I mean, we saw... It somewhat cont- it wasn't as bad uh, in the in the prior or in the uh, following games, but that's something that does worry me. Is is this team going to be able to bounce back from a, a bad situation where you let up a goal or something like that? And I honestly think that Washington, once they scored, they controlled the rest of the game, and we were just holding our breath to get to overtime. That's what happened. We go to the shootout, and then Kuznetsov and Brent Point are just absolutely magnificent. Kutrov. You said Kuznetsov. Kucherov. Yeah, Kucherov <laughs> and uh, Braden Point are just absolutely magnificent. So yeah. um, that that is one thing that worries me going on into the playoffs. No, that's a fair worry. Uh, this game specifically, as you said, once Washington scored, it was just Tampa playing on their heels kind of. And this is a spot where obviously you don't want to see that, but this is where I really feel okay with the Lightning going in because if you can get that lead early on, you can control that pace of play like they did for the first 70 75 percent of the game and then the other 25 to 30 percent if you're struggling and the other team's kind of starting to really cycle kind of dominate you got Andre Vasilevsky in that you don't have much to worry about and we saw Vasilevsky really put the team on his back after those two goals made a lot of tremendous saves looked great in the overtime shootout he just looks like he's ready to win a cup looks like it's his time looks like it's Tampa's time all the signs point to Tampa going on and winning the cup this year honestly Usually when that happens with the team, the team doesn't win the cup, so let's hope this is a, a different case scenario. But like this Tampa team really, not just game one, but all three games, kind of solidified my beliefs in them. Uh, sure, we'll talk about Philly here in a minute. Uh, that game was a little more worrisome than the others, but I still, I, I'm not going to come out with any complaints after that Washington game. Even though I thought they could have been better in that third period, I think overall it was just too good of a game to really be like mad about. Yeah, for sure. And then Tampa versus Boston, a 3-2 victory. This was the game I was most worried about. This was a game I thought we were going to drop, honestly. Um, A nice little game. The one thing I will say, though, is it seemed like Vasilevsky, he was was great and making good saves, but the two goals that he let in, uh, they kind of got through him. Like, he stopped the puck, but then they trickled behind him, and the Bruins were at the net able to put it in. So uh, if he can just clean that up just a smidge. Again, you talked about how good he was, um, and he really was good, but just the pucks just trickling through his pads uh, were his demise in this game. But fortunately, we were able to take the victory. Yeah, it was was an entertaining game. Um, I thought all three, even though – we lost game three. I thought all three games were pretty entertaining for Tampa Bay. Uh, the team still continued looking solid as a whole. Braden Point is someone who is just really wants to dominate coming into these playoffs. You can just tell. Uh, he's looked looked great through the first two games. He looked great in the exhibition game that was played the previous week. We kind of talked about that already. But he's just a guy who, even though Stam goes out, he just he wants to be that number one center, and he's really stepping up to the plate, kind of like. You know, when Malkin had the MVP season when Crosby went down, I'm not saying to that level, but points, you know, stepping in for, for the role of Stamkos and really dominating as that number one type center leader role. And you got to love to see it, honestly. This is a guy who we've been watching since the beginning of the season. 
And I just really hope he can continue to dominate, especially if Stamkos is going to be out for a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. And we're still unsure of that. Uh, hopefully he'll be inserted back into the lineup pretty soon here. Uh, next and finally, the Flyers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, not not a great game. We dropped this one 4-1. to one, And Chase was just talking about how the Flyers are getting all of their goal contribution from not their stars, but their depth players. And this one, you see Aubrey Kubel get two. You see Joel Farabee get one and Tyler Pitlick get one as well. So uh, you don't see any Giroux's, you don't see any Voracek's, and that's that's really a strength for the Flyers right now. It is, and this was a really weird game. You know, Philadelphia finished the game with 24 blocks, as I mentioned earlier, so uh, it's not for a lack of Tampa trying to generate shots. It's just they weren't really getting through, and when they were getting through, it was you know, save made, no juicy rebound, no grade-A chance after that. So teams played so well defensively. Carter Hart played out of his mind. And then that depth scoring, as you mentioned, like Abe Kubel, like why is he scoring two goals? I'm, yeah. Like, honestly, is my question. But good for him. I, I like seeing role guys kind of perform. Uh, the lone Tampa Bay goal scored by Tyler Johnson, he's he's looking pretty good so far through these three games. He didn't have, you know, the season that he wanted. I thought he was going to be able to have a, a pretty solid year. Uh, kind of underwhelmed. So hopefully this is kind of a coming back, I guess, party was really the phrase I'm looking for. These playoffs, hopefully he can really dominate. I know he likes performing in these clutch moments, yeah. and all the playoff is clutch moments. So between these three games, there other I mentioned two guys already that I wanted to point out, Todd Johnson, Brain Point, but two more guys I really want to talk about. Victor Hedman, obviously, you know, like – everyone everyone knows he's this so good he's the best defenseman in the league just he makes these grade a smart beautiful plays that they are difficult plays he makes them look so easy his sticks always in the right spot he makes beautiful breakout passes he's dominant offensively he just he's just a guy if, if you could play him 16 minutes a night you would because you just don't want him off face he's not gonna yeah. make mistakes he's not gonna cost your team he's only a benefit and he looked absolutely tremendous through these first three games and then the final name I want to mention Mikhail Sergachev. My God, this kid is just so good. I just don't get it. Like, could you imagine, like, as much as I love Jonathan Drewin, could you imagine trading him for Jonathan Drewin? Yeah. Like, Sergachev, has, he's been tremendous. He is a number one caliber defenseman on pretty much any other team in the league, except for Tampa Bay, because they have the best defenseman in the league. Right. So, it's pretty awesome to see between Sergachev and Hedman. I feel, and obviously, like the the rest of the team defense too. It's not just those two guys. Still got McDonough, still got Shattenkirk as two main pieces. I feel very confident with this team moving forward. Uh, I think this should be a very fun round one. Whoever we play, whether it's Revenge against Columbus or whether it's the star-studded Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, I look really forward to what we're gonna see here. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be fun to see in the obviously it's not gonna happen in the first round, but if Montreal can make a little Cinderella run, and then we have. Druin versus Sergachev in a later on series. I think that'd be could you imagine that'd be pretty fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, back with uh, uh, Hedman real quick. The guy makes everything look so easy, and honestly, you'll be watching, you'll be watching him play, and he'll do something just minor, like you don't even notice it. But it's something that's so very important that if he didn't do that, it could have resulted in a goal for the other team. So he, yep. he just he just is so smooth, he's so smart, and he just makes all the best plays, even if they're not recognizable at the time. So And everyone knows how good he is, but I still want to say he's like almost underrated. Because yeah. he's not looked at as like he's looked at as obviously a really good defenseman. I don't know how many people consider him the best defenseman in the league. Some people do, some people don't. I feel like he should be talked about more and 
really, if he plays like this for another five, six, seven, eight years, like he's going down as one of the better defensemen in the history of the league. If he plays like that for that long, then we're going to have a couple Stanley Cups. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least we hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Chase, you just mentioned that we're either getting Toronto or Columbus. Again, that game is later on tonight. Uh, you guys will know the results already when you guys hear this. But, Chase, let's talk about it. It's 2-2. Uh, Tortorella and the goalies for Columbus has been very or have been very solid. And then Toronto... They've been same old Toronto, really. We saw in Game 3, they had a big lead. They choke it away and drop that one, something that really only Toronto would do. Uh, so who are you thinking advances in this one? It's just so funny that back-to-back nights, there was 3-0 leads blown, one by each team. It's hilarious. Uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think Columbus is going to win this series. I just think they're not the better team, but as a team, they're better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're better coached. They all have the same goal. If a team can listen to what their coach is saying and do it, what their coach is saying effectively, especially if the coach knows what he's doing like Torts does, they're going to be a hard team to beat. And looking at the rosters, they should not be anywhere near contending with Toronto. But they are a hard team to play against. They're probably the hardest team to play against, and honestly, in these playoffs, not just because of – like pure skill, but they've got enough skill. They have enough defensive structure, enough offensive structure, and they will go through 40,000 brick walls for their coach and for their teammates. It's That's not a team you want to play in the playoffs. That's a team that we saw last year offsets the the star team and that we could be seeing that again tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know who I would predict to win, honestly. I, I kind of feel like... Tavares and Matthews may clutch up, but when have we ever seen them clutch up? You know, yeah, honestly, at least when they're on Toronto. Um, you know, it's short, short career for Matthews, so he honestly doesn't have much time to show it. And then even Tavares with the Islanders, even though they sucked, still he always left you wanting more. Yeah, and I think it was on the third goal in the game four for Columbus. Um, I don't even remember who it was, uh, but he made Morgan Riley look silly, and I'm just thinking. Dude, oh, I think Morgan um, Riley is like a top 15 defenseman in the league, and he's looking like this right now. That that perfectly defines the the Maple Leafs for me, you know? Yeah. They've got these stars, but when it comes to those clutch moments, when it comes to the playoffs, they just don't perform. They look silly out there, which doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so I, I guess I'd lean with the Blue Jackets too just because Torts is so good. Um, who would you rather play, though? As oh, a t- God. It, not – not even close. So, sorry, I don't want to cut you off here, but give me Toronto 9,000 trillion, billion, gazillion, million, billion days of the week. I think Toronto. That's a lot of days. Yeah, it is a lot of days. I, I know you, you might not think there's that many days in a week, but there might be a planet out there where there is that many days in a week. So I just I just got to say, sure, Toronto has those star players, but they don't play together. They don't play cohesively. They don't play well coached. Like they don't have the right structure. The team falls apart so easily. I think Tampa could four or five games Toronto. I think Tampa, if they win, are seven games against Columbus. Yeah, give me the Blue Jackets. Just because I, I think it will be a harder series, like you say, but we just got swept by them last year. I want my revenge and how great would it be if we get our revenge and then go on to win the Stanley Cup. Mike I don't care if we play four winless teams to win the Stanley Cup. I want the damn Stanley Cup. I don't care the about COVID revenge. Cup, there's an asterisk. I, shut the hell up. No. If, <laughs> if, if we win, there's no asterisk. If anyone else wins, there's an asterisk. Okay. So, I don't 
I don't care who we play. I want the easiest route to winning that Stanley Cup. Sure, you want to see more competitive hockey. I want to see Tampa just four nothing sweep, four nothing sweep, four nothing sweep, four nothing sweep. How are you? Give me the well. They can still do that with the Blue Jackets. Just give me the story. That won't happen though. Give me the story. I want the story. I I want (laughs) the Tampa Bay Lightning to absolutely destroy the team that totally derailed their Stanley Cup dreams last year and really derailed the start of our season this year. I think we're still a little bit uh, shooken up oh, yeah. at the start of the season. So I want them to, to absolutely destroy the Columbus Blue Jackets and then go on first. Uh, I don't think we'd get Montreal in the second round. It'd have to be the I third round. Yeah, I don't know. With, with this playoff break like format, I don't know exactly how it works, yeah. so we'll see. So get Montreal, have Sir Gachev absolutely shut down Druin, and then move on to beat the defending Stanley Cup champs in the Blues. I don't want to see the Blues, honestly. I don't want to see them in the, in the Stanley Cup, but um, yeah. it'd be a good story. It would. And one, one more thing I want to say about the series, a player that I've talked about, you know, since the draft last year, talked about, oh, he's going to be the steal of the draft. I don't care if he's a second-round pick, he's going to be the steal of the draft. That would be Nick Robertson. We saw him uh, planted into this Toronto lineup and quickly saw himself playing first-line minutes. This kid is an absolute superstar. He was the youngest kid in the draft, and he was still producing at a high level in his draft year. For whatever reason, people were like, oh, you know what? That's not worth a first-round pick. Let's take him at the end of the second round. Toronto gets an absolute steal. Kid looks like a stud. This kid is going to be a ridiculous player in the league. He's already looking like the steal of the draft, and he's just someone that I love. I really, really wanted him to be a part of, you know, if he was in the Tampa Bay organization, he would be a tremendous player. He would be forcing somebody good out of the lineup right now to play because he's just that good. He is ready to be an NHL player, and he still is only 18 years old. He'll turn 19 September 14th or 15th. I'm pretty sure it's on the cutoff day, which is September 15th for the draft. He is just... Oh, he's so good, and I'm just—I love being right. I just love being right. He's not the seal of the draft, though. Who's the seal of the draft? Alexander Romanov, baby. No, Romanov gonna be a top ten defenseman his whole career, and he was what thirty eighth overall to the Montreal Canadiens. I really wish we could see him play. I really wish we could have saw Caprizov uh, play for Minnesota, but they're out already, so who really cares? But exactly, I—I uh, I love watching talent overseas come over and. And perform so, and I I just gotta say, um, that you're wrong. No, Alexander oh. Romanov was 2018 draft, like I thought. Nick Roberts was 2019 draft. Oh, okay. Well then, whatever. <laughs> okay, whatever to you. Who cares? He's good. Uh, all right, Chase. That's really it for our our Tampa talk. We obviously want uh, Columbus to play us, right? I I. We, we want to take like, out Columbus. Uh, we want to take out Columbus. Yes, it would be fun. But, like, just I think Toronto's just such an easier series. You got nothing to say to that? I just, I don't, I don't know. All right, um, well, let's move if, on if, then, If there's Chief. one player I'm scared of, it's Austin Matthews. But uh, I, I honestly think you said that you think Columbus might be the toughest team. I honestly think that Carolina might be the toughest team to play in the playoffs. Just how they looked. Um against New York. Their defense is so good. Morazic actually played well, which was surprising. And then Aho and Svechnikov look stupid right now. Yes, they do. Svechnikov is just so good. That guy's going to win Maurice Richard at least once in his career, if yeah. not 14 times. He, he's just dominant. Man, those top two picks in the 2018 draft class, him and Darlene, like obviously Darlene won him too. They 
I, I thought SpongeBob was going to be a great player. I just didn't know he was going to be this good this fast, and I didn't know if he was going to fully ever reach his ceiling for whatever reason, but he is easily going to get there the way he's playing so far, and Dahlian is obviously like the best, one of the best young defensemen in the league. Yeah, and quickly, before we go to our poll results and announce a new poll, uh, who wins the draft lottery? I like my gut just tells me Pittsburgh. I would uh I think I think it's going to be Winnipeg and I don't I don't want it to be Winnipeg, but I I'm going to predict Winnipeg. Of of the teams that are eligible right now, just send them to Florida or New York and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, like between cuz between ah, between Toronto and Columbus we still don't know yet. Right. But if Columbus gets eliminated then 1000% Columbus. Oh, I 100% agree. But I I got a bad feeling. I don't think Winnipeg deserves them just because of how much talent they have at the front. Like if there was a defenseman, sure, I wouldn't mind if Winnipeg got the first overall pick. But they don't need Lafreniere up no, front. That's fair. Uh, okay, poll. Uh, the poll results. Let's uh, let's talk about them. Yep. So our last poll was uh, what were your overall thoughts on the first week of play? Uh, that was like the previous week, like the warm up. Or the exhibition games is really what I'm looking for. And nobody voted for worse than I imagined, which is good. And then even votes were for better than imagined, what I expected. And then don't care, hockey is back. So it's that's pretty much you know, what I agree with. I, I think it was better than I expected. I thought it was going to be kind of sloppy. And sure, it was sloppy, but they picked it up pretty quickly, got up to speed, got really feeling with each other pretty well. What are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree. I, I put that I was very happy with the play. Um I, I, I like the little who cares hockey's back uh, yeah. vote there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hockey that we were able to see. So um, that's what I voted for. Yep. And then also yesterday put up a kind of last – not like last minute, but just on the spot poll. Uh wasn't announced on the podcast or anything. Just came up with it. And pretty much the question was who do you want to play round one between the Bolts and – or between the Leafs, excuse me, and the Blue Jackets. So kind of talking about what we were talking about. Uh, so far, the majority of fans have picked Columbus pretty overwhelmingly, 71%, 29% for Toronto. And sure, like I'm sure a lot of it has to deal with trying to get that revenge from last year, but I just, I'm still, I would be so nervous at that series. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who wouldn't be after what happened last year? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, before we go to hockey name of the day, uh, quick update. The Capitals are beating the Bruins right now, one nothing at the end of the first. So if this stays... Uh, stays the same, and Washington wins this game. They will be the three seed. Boston will be the four seed. Uh, all right, hockey name of the day. Let's get it going. Uh, let's get it going. I'm very worried. The last couple of names have been very difficult for me, so let's try it. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, he's got a great first name. Michael is a great first name. Uh, and then Mastro Domenico. See, that wasn't too bad. So Michael Master Domenico. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's not too hard of a name to say now, is it? It's just a lot of letters. It, it is a lot of letters. That it is um, fourteen, right? In the last name, yeah, fourteen. So our friend Michael is a sixteen-year-old, two thousand four-born player from Quebec, actually, who just that would be two days ago now, as of us recording, uh, committed to the University of Notre Dame. He was a high pick in the Quebec League this year. Uh, they kind of expected him to go to that league. Showing again, took him ninth overall with that confidence. But instead, he said he's going to commit to go play NCAA. He'll look for a team in the USHL. Hopefully, they play a season. You know, if the USHL doesn't play a season for some reason and the QMJHL does, you could see him change his mind and go that route. 
But as of right now, he'll be heading to the USHL. He had 17 points to 42 games last year playing AAA in Quebec. Uh, you know, he's a good, reliable defenseman. He's got some offensive ability. He's uh, really good at shutdown. He's just a guy you can trust. Uh, you know, he's someone to be on the lookout for in the future, maybe a future NHLer. And I would just love to see a 14-letter last name. I love seeing these long last names on jerseys. Dude, we're fucking old. <laughs> like, holy shit, a 2004? <laughs> a 2004 is committing to Notre Dame? Like, gosh, we are so old. Hey, if it wasn't for, like, the recent rule changes, like, 06s could be committing right now. But, but, like, the rules change, and you can only do it, like, I'm thinking it's two years before you're eligible to play. Dude, my sister's in 06. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, when, like, when we were like, at that age, like, 14, 15, like, I knew kids who were committing to play college hockey, so, like, your sister, like, really school couldn't have friends, like, that were committing to play college hockey. Yeah, at that point. but it's just, gosh, we're Weird. getting so old now. Yeah. I mean, we're fair. only 22, but we're so old. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Cool name, Michael. Uh, hopefully we can see... <laughs> Hopefully we can see those uh, 14 letters laced across a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey here in the coming future. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it for the episode. Chase, why don't you take us out with an outro? As always, we want to thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. You start as low as a dollar. It goes up from there. Uh, Price points may be changing, so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, If you would like to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast, we'd really appreciate it. While you're at it, follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That is at HockeyPodNet. Make sure you get in on the giveaways that they're pretty much always in on. Uh, be on the lookout for our social media. I know I've been saying that for a couple weeks. Uh, we're just putting the the final touches on something that we see is pretty big that we hope you guys are going to love. So once we get all that back and set, it'll be announced immediately on social media. We won't wait for the next podcast or anything. We'll just put it out, but we'll definitely talk about it on the, on the podcast whenever it's ready. Uh, make sure to check out thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts within the network right there. Boom, just click the logo. Takes you to the SoundCloud link. Listen there, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. I'll leave a comment, send us your questions, concerns. Reach out to us however need be. And just, as I said, be on the lookout for our social media because I'm really hoping that we can get it kind of cemented this week. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Stay interactive with us, guys. And of course, go Bolts. Of course. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time.